It is Tuesday. This is the Sean Spicer Show. We are live from the University of Alabama. Johanna Masca, the former director of press advance for the Obama administration, is here with us to break down what Democrats fear in this election cycle. Let's get into it. All right, good Tuesday. If you are listening to the audio version of this, do me a huge favor. Go over to YouTube or Rumble and check out the audio. Go to the first tonight at 7 o'clock, channel 347 on DirecTV. What an amazing set we have here at the University of Alabama, the site of tomorrow's fourth Republican debate. Four candidates set to take the stage. Governor Ron DeSantis, Governor Nikki Haley, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and... Chris Christie creeping, creeping in at the last second with a last-minute poll that got him on the stage. So four candidates, three moderators are going to face off tomorrow night on News Nation. So you can watch it on News Nation. I'll be doing pre- and post-game analysis off on the set. Please tune in and check this out. But we're here all week with a guest of insiders, a table a set of insiders and all sorts of people to bring you the latest of what's happening. But let me kind of break down for you what the latest scuttle is right now. There are reports that this will be the last sanctioned debate. The last sanctioned debate. Does that mean there'll be no more debates? No, it doesn't. There'll be plenty more debates. In fact, I think this is a bad, bad sign. Right up until the 2015, 2016 presidential cycle, the media controlled all the debates. In fact, in 2012, there were 22 debates. In one instance, there was one on a Saturday night and one on a Sunday. The media controlled everything, where the debates were, when they were, who the moderators were. It was a nightmare, and candidates wanted more control. The two big things that candidates want time and money. And the problem is debates cost money and time. So the RNC stepped in. I led the effort in 2016 to give candidates a predictable schedule. And more importantly, let them know who the moderators were to make sure there's a conservative element. If the RNC does as rumors suggest, get out of the business. Don't think that CNN and the New York Times and ABC will get out of the debates. No, in fact, there's going to be a ton of them. They will just start announcing debates. They'll want to do one-offs, uh, DeSantis versus Haley in New Hampshire, so-and-so versus so-and-so in Iowa or South Carolina. The candidates will lose control of everything, and it'll all go back to the media. There will be no one trying to insert conservative elements into uh, the moderators, there will be no schedule that's predictable. All of that goes out the window. And I'm telling you, these candidates who thought this was a good idea to have these debates unsanctioned are going to wish that they didn't think that. Now, today, I've got a great guest. Johanna Masca served as director of press advance under the Obama administration. She's someone who I've frequently on News Nation with as a fellow contributor. It's important for me to understand and for you to understand what Democrats are interested in this cycle. Who do they fear the most? There's a lot of rumors that they think that Nikki Haley is going to be the best candidate to face off with. I think that she would be extremely formidable. In fact, I don't think any of the candidates that we have on stage wouldn't win. The big question is, how fearful are they of Donald Trump, and why or why not? Most polls now show him well in advance in the national polls. doesn't really matter. But also, these key battleground states, Trump is ahead in almost every single one of them. We've talked about how close these elections have been the last two cycles. 50,000 votes over three states in 2016, 70,000 votes over three states in 2020. This is going to be a tight race, no question about it. And these debates are going to be really interesting to see if someone can coalesce around a candidate before these Iowa debates. So far, 
DeSantis shows no signs of wanting to drop out. He got Kim Reynolds' endorsement, the governor of Iowa, and then he got Bob Vanderplatz, who was on the show just the other day, the evangelical leader there in Iowa. He thinks this is going to help his ground game. Nikki Haley got the big backing of Americans for Prosperity, the Cokeback group. And then Donald Trump, he's hosting a massive rally tonight in Iowa, town hall with Sean Hannity on Fox, tomorrow night a private fundraiser. But it's a lot to get to. And also, I want to ask Johanna about not just Joe Biden standing, but Kamala Harris is standing, Gavin Newsom's standing. Who is their bench? Who are the people that they think can stand up as, as the future of their party? Because right now, it's amazing. No one wants Joe Biden to be the nominee. And the vice president, Kamala Harris, she's equally rejected by Democrats in her own party as she was before the Iowa caucuses in that last presidential cycle. So a lot to break down with her. Let's get into it. All right, folks, you guys have heard me talk about my friend Leo Grillo from Delta Rescue. Leo was actually on a road trip and came across a Doberman that needed help. It was underweight and clearly in need of help. And of course, that's what Leo does is he helps rescue animals in need. He named the dog Delta, right, which is kind of interesting because it actually stands for dedication and everlasting love to animals, which is what Leo's mission has been all about. If you go to DeltaRescue.org, you see all the great work that they're doing, the videos, etc. But I've told you before, Delta Rescue relies entirely on the contributions of people like me and you that are animal lovers that appreciate the mission of Delta Rescue to be the largest care for no kill animal sanctuary in the world. But there's more. Instead of just making that one-time contribution, if you contact Delta Rescue, go to deltarescue.org, you can find out about their estate planning kits that they can send to you that will help you put Delta Rescue as part of your future estate planning to help make this an enduring mission. So please visit deltarescue.org and check out that estate planning kit that they have there on the website. All right. Well, I want to welcome in Johanna Masca to our, our set. I feel like, listen, I went to a D3 school. I know you're a proud Jayhawk. This is as close as I'm ever going to come to like college game day. We're on a quad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I saw that we're on a quad, it brings back some really marvelous feelings. Yeah, I was driving through <laughs> on the way here this morning, and I said if I had visited the University of Alabama, I think I would have come. Yeah. Like, this is absolutely stunning. It's uh, beautiful. Tuscaloosa, when I got in, I was like, this is adorable. They've got the Tuscaloosa News. There was They've a got parade last night, a Christmas parade. The whole town was out. What an I mean, it was, I literally, everyone to a T said the same thing. This is so Americana. It is. Uh, great people so far one day in. Uh, a beautiful campus. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be with you. All right, so let's get down to business. Okay. Um, as a Democrat, what what do you want to hear tomorrow night from Republican candidates running for president? You know, Sean, I think Are you trying of to be, myself you want to be as, converted? Well, no. So I think of myself as an American first. Okay. Um, and as an American, I want really good options for the American people. I, I don't care, Democrat or Republican. And I had said in 2022, I don't think America wants a rematch of Biden versus Trump. So I am looking for who's going to shine. I mean, I was looking at your guys' candidates, and you've got governors who have governed states of 20 million people, of 5 million people, of 9 million people. You know, on the on the Democratic side, unfortunately, we don't have a Yeah, I do. I want to talk primary. about that in a little bit, but that's <laughs> I appreciate you acknowledging the depth of the bench because I do want to get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But but in all honesty, because I mean you brought this, is there any scenario that you could see you voting for any of those candidates over if Joe Biden was a nominee? I am secretly rooting for Nikki Haley. But when you say secretly rooting for, because you you could see yourself in, in a scenario. 
Could I you ever vote for Nikki Haley? Could unify the country? Fair enough. I get, but that's not what I'm asking. Could you? personally say that there's a scenario the things that would hold me back from that yep. is how is she going to handle our financial situation we're in a ton of debt she's telling the truth right but are is she going to be such a fiscal hawk that we drive ourselves into a recession that worries i, me. I think we're doing a pretty good job at i mean the the w look we're it's terrible the world is facing inflation, but so far, Americans are still feeling good. They're buying things on yeah. Black Friday. Now, I, I worry about that with Nikki Haley. I think on foreign policy, it's interesting to hear her perspective. She has been at the UN, right. and so she has dealt with foreign leaders. I don't always agree with a policy such as she will say, we need to cut off all aid to certain countries that don't respect certain areas and one of my issues with that is sometimes the aid that we're giving is actually aid to prevent health issues from getting to america so i have some questions there uh, on abortion that's one of the big issues that of course as a woman who believes that that decision should be made between a woman uh you know whoever is involved in that her family her you know potential partner uh, all of those people i don't think that decision should be made by the government and i've but always wondered candidates. why the republicans because the republican it uh, the republicans are for less government i've always had a hard time reconciling that they want control of women's bodies but they, but, but she just, has been the best yeah. talking about abortion in a way that i think she could get a lot of women like me to vote for her but I don't know that that's going to be enough for me. Yeah. So I, before we go, because I don't, I don't want to go down an, an issue rabbit hole right yeah. now. But I will say that I think a lot of times people bring that up. Republicans want less government, and yet they stand. I, I don't. I think if you acknowledge that there's a life, then you have to protect it. Uh, that's fundamental to to those of us who believe in life. Yeah. So I, I, I guess my question is always like the sperm that has has fertilized this egg that has not yet come to fruition. And my husband and I suffered a very public miscarriage, so we know right. what that can be like. Um, you know, if we want to go down that rabbit hole, then we shouldn't allow vasectomies. We shouldn't allow, you know, and I just think that Americans in general don't want the government involved in their bedroom. Yes, when there is a life, when there is something that is, you know, born, there is no question. So I am a mother, and the best thing I've ever done is welcome my child into but, my life. But, but here's my uh, here's my issue. People on the left often talk about science. And I think when you can talk about viability of a life, then Which is what Roe was. Roe was protection until viability. And it was thrown out. And but, now but, 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 we're but, talking well, about a six-week ban well, but, with but DeSantis. It's also, and what it is, is it's sending something back to the states to make decisions. This is the problem with Republicans right now. They don't have the message. No, I, and I clear. agree. I agree with you on that, that, that this has been a mess. I am a firm believer that we, for decades, talked about the fact that this was a decision best left to the states. We are a party of less government at the federal yeah. level, more states, uh, 10th Amendment kind of party. So I do, I get it. And I think that's where Republicans have screwed up this debate. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe that when it comes to the issue of viability in life, that we are consistent. That when you believe that there is a life, then it is the duty of the government to protect that. Not life. always consistent, though, because then they're for the death penalty. That's a life, too. Yeah. And so, again, like, if I, it's a Christian belief yeah. of, you know, fundamental like you know we can rehabilitate anyone then why would it be for and, the and again I do think that There's there are some inconsistencies. sure and I, I am not a big believer in the death penalty for that reason I, be, I believe also I mean again we're we're going way off topic of the debate <laughs> but I do believe that 
from a punishment standpoint, keeping somebody in prison where they have to think about the, the crime they committed, the impact that they haven't, it's almost like death is an escape in some ways for, to, you know, but let's, let's not keep going down. Look, this what, is, what these issue? are the, the, people care, right, about our government. They care a lot about these issues. And the fact that we have four candidates showing up to make their case to the American voters, I think gives them credit. Right. The f big elephant in the room is that the Republican Party frontrunner is not there. So if you were if you were advising the Trump campaign, yeah, would you tell Donald Trump to show up? Yes. Why? Yes, because at this point he is looking arrogant. He is looking like, look, I worked against Hillary Clinton with Barack Obama, and I saw arrogance and how that is, but, but is viewed by the electorate. Sure. And they don't like an arrogant but, candidate. But the polls, and, and again, I'm I'm not a going all in on the polls. But if Trump were behind, I'd say, okay, dude, something's not working. But this is the problem with polls. They don't vote. Sure, I agree. And I think this is why Iowa is going to be everything. But I do think that there is something to be said. Look at Chris Christie. I mean, with all due respect, he barely made the yeah. stage at the last minute <laughs> through a last-minute poll. If I'm Donald Trump and you know that all th four of them, well, three, not Vivek, are basically going to make this against you as opposed to their vision, why show up? What do you have to gain? I don't think that they would. I don't think you oh my could God, take that bet. They have to. But, but here's the thing, Sean. They do it when he's not there. Look, I, not always. In fact, I think there are a lot of people who criticize the candidates not going hard enough on Trump. I think the American voters deserve to hear from Donald Trump in a setting where there are other candidates They've before, before it's years. a one-on-one -on -one contest. Is there anything that you think that you would know, learn about Donald Trump if he shows up in yes. a debate? Yes. Really? Because, because, look, I said when Donald Trump won the election, when you guys won, I was very uh, alone. <laughs> well, no. I, I actually predicted it, and I was very alone in my what I was saying because I was saying I'm going to root for the President of the United States. Right. I didn't know anything hey, and I'm about... With you. I, right. I didn't know anything about his policy because he hadn't been a Republican until he ran under the Republican umbrella. I didn't know what he was going to do. Now we have seen a little bit of what he has done, and then we saw January 6th. We have not had an election since January 6th, except for the 2022 yeah. midterm, which had tons of surprises. Donald Trump cannot take to the bank that he is going to win this after he has threatened but you that he has a right our government. To strategy, right? I mean, he he can either show up, not show up. He can, but Sean, I don't think he's thinking. He's listening to his staff here because oh, I do. Obviously, somebody was calling and trying to figure out when the last moment he could get on this stage was because they had to set but, another. But listen, podium. I, first but of all, as I I've worked, I've worked like for Donald Jimmy Trump. Carter that you way. have to have all of your options on the table. So I think doing good staff work, you were headed up advanced. Yeah. Your job, and I don't mean to tell you what it was, but I know But how I would say go wipe the floor with them. If you are the best candidate, go wipe the floor with them, and then there's no question about it. You are by far and away the front runner. You are, you know, the victim of the Democratic left, like, going at you, all of these things. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable. You can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough 
that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICER, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's fourpatriots.com, includes that Patriot power generator. You'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year, free shipping if it's over 97 bucks, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans, right? That's great. So go to fourpatriots.com, use code SPICER, fourpatriots.com. You do not want to be without power in case something happens. Trump's and the nominee. Do, do you agree that that's right now, even the battleground polls have him ahead of Biden, right? Polls don't vote. I get it. But yes. Fair enough. But do you guys, who do you fear the most? As we don't fear Donald Trump as you much. You don't? No. The truth is, I think Democrats are rooting but, uh, but, for Donald but, Trump. Many Democrats okay. are rooting for Donald Trump. I don't. But don't you think that's I don't. weird? I always think that that's I, weird. Thing. I think it's terrible. Right. So you and I want to wanna change this mindset. You and I have talked about this. I want to change this mindset in, of the resist, right? I want us to figure out collaboration for our government right. and for us to remain the dominant force worldwide because I believe there is no place greater than the United States of America for the freedoms that we enjoy. However, this mindset of we need to win, let's have the weaker candidate exists right. with both parties oh, in sure. too many cases. So who would you, not, I, I don't think fear is the right word, but if you were like looking as, from the Biden campaign, is it, do you really worry more about Nikki Haley than you do about Donald Trump? Yes. And I said at our 15-year anniversary with President Obama of all of us who got him yep. elected, I was making the argument that I think Nikki Haley should win the nomination because she's telling the truth. She's a good candidate. And Democrats said to me, you know she'll be tougher to beat. And oh, I yeah. said, yes, I do. Having a woman, a woman, a, yes. a minority, I mean, that would be a much harder. And, and not even just that, Sean. If you look at, and we know, Arizona and Pennsylvania, well, and again, I know the areas you don't need vote. these women, they would vote but, but for Nikki Haley. But I know Nikki we Haley. say the polls don't vote. And I, you and I are on the same page with that. But it's funny, in a lot of the head-to-head matchups, Trump actually is now doing better than Haley. See, again, this is a poll someone calls I get it. You. I get it. I'm, I just, when when you actually put Donald Trump, he's, by not coming to any of these debates, he's doing his own thing. Right. He's not getting all the spotlight. So all of the crazy things that he's saying, whether it's so going after this, his own former that maybe staffers. That's, maybe that's actually a good, if you're, play devil's advocate for a second. If you think he's going to come say crazy things, right, maybe it is better that he's not here putting himself at risk of saying something that would advantage. Well, then the what are you going to do when it's him against Biden? I mean, <laughs> uh, that one I, I'm not worried about. But, but here's the thing about Joe Biden. Like I, I can hear, you know, again, I said I didn't want it to be a Biden v. Trump. You want to get rid of the debt. You have pay, make that <laughs> but, presidential debates pay-per-view. And look, we would literally in the advanced world. <laughs> we would make so much money. In the advanced world, we would have like all of the crazy things that Biden has said, his gaffes or whatever on our walls. Like it was just. Just That's like, a lot of walls. <laughs> it was always fun. But but Joe Biden, you know, as president, has not told anyone to drink bleach to cure a pandemic. He has. Okay. He has if you want to go down the list of things that he, he said. has not said much to the American people, which is a whole other right. problem. But, you know, he's a more controlled presence. And so if Americans no, have the choice between predictable and completely unpredictable, I I so suspect most of what, them are going to go predictable. Grade, what would you I know uh, Gavin Newsom got asked this the other night. Oh, yeah. What would you grade the Biden administration overall? They've had some wins that are underestimated, but including that's... infrastructure, 
And, um, you know, in terms of, I, I thought the Look, Inflation Reduction Act. Let's start with a grade. A B. Okay. And be, what would, okay, because so you, they're too reactionary. They're not thinking in advance enough. Now, look, they came into office. They're catching up with a lot of things that were done to basically, you know, limit the size of government, which means that if you are going to take on asylum cases or anything like that, as we're as we both know, you actually need people so, so to let take me, those let me, things on. Let me play a game with you. Thir like 30 seconds, right? Uh, I'm going to tell you why Joe Biden shouldn't be reelected and then you get 30 seconds to tell me why he should. Okay, okay. we go either way. Right. I would just say, in the four years prior to Joe Biden being elected, our foreign policy was at bay. Iran wasn't provocative. North Korea wasn't provocative. China wasn't doing what they are in the, in the sea. Russia hadn't annexed a piece of land under Putin for the first time in an administration. Domestically, our border was under control. The unemployment was at historic lows. Uh, inflation was tamed. Gas prices were down. All of that is gone after Trump left office when in two and a half years of Biden. Go. When the Biden administration took over, it was after four years of Trump. And look, okay. we, we gave him eight years of a data-based economy. We had inherited a financial crisis, turned it into a data-based economy. He gave that an in injection by doing a massive tax reduction for the top wealthiest 1%. That gave a sugar high to our economy that then they spent more money than we have spent in Ukraine on PPP fraud during the pandemic. It was completely mismanaged and now we're facing massive inflation worldwide and I would say the Biden administration has tried very hard to make government work for the American people and I would say if we go back to the Trump era we are just I don't even know what to predict but I worry that right now most of his former staff aren't going to work for okay. him nobody I don't even know okay, who's going to work in that point. administration I can sit here and tell you domestically and internationally why there's a contrast that should reelect Donald Trump or whomever. But let's but talk what, about what international you, you, issues. Okay, but hold on. Just, I want to know as a Democrat, when you get asked from somebody who might say, hey, Johanna, I know you've been in the game. Why should I vote for Joe Biden? What is, the, what is it that you tell them? Uh, one, if so consistency. We want to see growth, long-term growth. We want government that works. We you want, think government's working? I, I think that they are trying very hard no, okay, I, I, I do, I do. Largely, it's working, right, Sean? No, it's not. Why? I don't, I don't feel any sense of confidence in what our government is doing Why? at any level. Name one one agency, one department, one program that's working well. I, I don't know. What are your examples that they don't work well? Uh, the post office, the IRS, HHS, DOD, state. So uh, these are all agencies that we all have control of, you know? And this is what I would what say. What I'm saying is, is there's nothing in government that I can point to that's working well. How is that the case? We we have, this is the problem no, with, but just when I hear this of conservatives and then th when they're in office, it's all working great and America no, is not. great again. I, I don't but, think it's working But this great. is the problem, right? Is that we underestimate what we take for granted. Our police forces work. Yes, our they do. There's none of that's controlled work. by the federal government. Our, our, our systems work. We can improve them. And I agree with you on the post office. I want the mail carriers to actually look at our address and deliver our stuff to the right address. And we should change some things like what I'm union is, reform and some things like but, that. But that, but that does not mean we get rid of government. And that is you know, my fear. That, that's not what I said. I didn't say get rid of government. And I agree. I, look, I just think that it's not working well. and that. It, that but then we improve it. 
Okay, but, but that's my point, is tell me something in the past almost three years since Joe Biden's been in office that's working better than the day Joe he Biden had to turn back on the operations that you guys completely decimated the <gasps> State Department. Like, uh, most departments. Trump, he's the one that's cutting the wire. He was cutting, cutting, cutting. No, no, no. Rick, for example, I mean, let's just take the southern border. Right now, Joe Biden's administration cut wire put up by the state of Texas is taking away the buoys. And the no, they no are, one should cut wire. But let's be honest that a wall is a false sense of security. And we saw that with what happened in Israel. And this notion that we were going to have no a wall and it, rockets was going, and it was going to, thank God. But this notion that we were going to have a wall and that that was going to protect America was always a false it was gamesmanship. No, it, it's not. It's not a one. It's not one thing, though. But we again, need I go back to the idea. Immigration sure. reform because we actually need immigrants you in our community. To me, right now, the idea that we are having to negotiate about keeping the southern border secure. But right? that's. It's not going to be negotiation. The Biden administration, day one, put together put together a comprehensive plan, and I agree. Border security is essential there to that are, plan. Be the but idea now that, we're just going to do border security yes, from asylum. The first thing that you should do is make sure that it's secure before you start letting more and more people in. Is to say, is it secure? Do we have a system? But right now I think we're you letting. You have to do both, though, Sean, because the problem with our system is Trump showed that like, you can do remain like, in Mexico. But it's policies. like you're putting everybody on a bus, and there's no clear lines because there's not a comprehensive immigration plan that gives people an yeah, easy the first thing you way do is to put, apply for, for all First of all, if you're going to use the example, then I would say the first thing you do is make sure there's a line down the road to make sure which way the bus flows. We need to know what the rules are to get on that bus. No, you and don't. we need a you're, line because you're see that's the problem. Is it? Why? What? You, what if we have a line and we have no rules? Because, it's chaos. Because before you start letting people on the bus, you need to make sure that you have the streets secure and that you know which way everything flows. People are just going to get angry waiting there for that bus. Sure, it's not my. But my point is that this is not. You're talking about people who want to come into the United States. They don't just get to come when they want. We well, have to have a system, and so right now, we are 80 bar the door, everybody's walking immigrants. in. We are, both of our families came here. My family came here as immigrants, including my grandmother was a British war bride. And the way that they got in this country, at the time of Ellis Island and everything, you came, and if you weren't sick, you got in. So, you know, this whole notion that there have always been this big vetting but, but, procedure, right, but, but, but the bottom line not. is, right now, we know, through this administration's own statistics that people on the terrorist watch list are and coming that would, country. is why I was and saying, at the very there least, should be a vetting system yes we have ways and they now can do that right now they don't need Congress. we can look at people if they have a phone they've got a lot in that phone we can look at their digital health sure we could do this Sean together and this is why but I'm saying point. this they, they notion don't need, they don't need Republicans they can do this right now today but, with no one, and that—that's no, the problem. Yeah, of course, Democrats? they can. Absolutely. How the, this, they, the Republicans own the House? CBP and as, could start as the whole McCarthy madness showed us, the Republicans have supposed no, no, control need, of the House. ICE and CBP can control the border right now with the tools that they have. Not altogether, because as okay. you know, as you know, having been in an administration, everybody will have a lawsuit against sure, but my, whatever is, you're doing. Look, to Trump did remain in Mexico. All of these other and policies. how many lawsuits and how many okay. various okay, uh, but protests? Would, so fine. So I would rather have hundred lawsuits than two dead Americans. But remain in Mexico has just made the problem again just larger on our southern border on the other side of Mexico. It hasn't solved the problem. If we want to look at this 
we are the dominant force in the world and I love America. When America is at its best, we are more fair, we are more just, but we need to figure out, okay, what does this look like? Because as we know, this is just going to get worse. Do you think worse. that the border is, like right now, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Health and Human, uh, of Homeland Security, all of the vice president, Corinne Jean-Pierre, have all said the border is secure. I do not think our country is secure right, right now. I think that we've got too many people in this country who also do not have citizenship and have been here for 20 years, and they are at risk because they are Ill here illegally. Right. And because of that, we've got kids who have grown up here their entire life. If we sent them back to that country, they wouldn't even know what to do. There are so many areas where we could make progress if we just didn't resist each other. I don't think that the Biden administration has said that enough. Instead, they've but, gone into okay, the partisan so get, so, corners so you, okay, so you and went they've there. talked like, about, you know, the MAGA extremism yeah. and that I have a problem so with. Here's, here's all right, folks, in this day and age, being prepared for unexpected health challenges is more important than ever. And that's where contingency medical comes in. They can provide you with access to emergency packs of antibiotics for ordinary ailments. We're talking urinary tract infections, ear infections, strep throat, and so much more. We're talking about common antibiotics that treat hundreds of additional infections. Contingency Medical even has symptom management medicines from everything from nausea to diarrhea to motion sickness, ensuring you're up to the task even if you're not feeling your best. I've got some free samples of their ReadyPack Plus. Uh, I feel if I'm getting worn down or something's coming on, I just take one of their packs. So Contingency Medical also provides access to board-certified physicians for guidance on safe and effective treatments. Plus, your prescriptions are shipped from a licensed pharmacy, so you know you're receiving quality care from the time you order to the time that it arrives in your home. Contingency Medical also offers free shipping on all packs. Uh, so don't wait. Go to contingencymedical.com slash Spicer now and enter promo code Spicer for $20 off your first pack. That's $20 off any pack at contingencymedical.com slash Spicer with your promo code Spicer. Now, Contingency Medical and its products are not intended as a substitute for professional medical treatment or advice. Consult with your healthcare provider. Let's touch on this for a second. I actually believed, I actually believed it more with, with, with Obama than Biden. But Biden started with this inaugural talking about, hey, I vote, I, I'm going to be the president of people who did, didn't vote for me. I want to be unifier. And, and everywhere along the road, he's vilified people who voted for Trump. He's now got MAGA is sort of their tagline for everything. I don't, he, he has every right to do that, right? And he can vilify whom I he wants. I don't like it. Okay, good. Because I, I think. I don't the like funny it. Thing is, it it's, it's not who Joe Biden was. No, and I don't think it's a natural state. And look, I I remember being part of the Obama orbit because I was raised in Galesburg, Illinois. I My family was from Kansas. I believed fundamentally when he was talking about workers in Galesburg, Illinois, we lost jobs because Maytag moved to manufacturing. He was talking about his family's Kansas values. There is no red state, no blue state, right. the United States of America. That's why I worked for him. I would say he was always that person, but not all of our staff was. Right. And that's the problem. When you have people like Patrick Gaspard, who was a union guy who came in to the administration to do legislative affairs and then doesn't reach across the time 
aisle all the time to the Republicans. And I was part of opening up one of the Republican House uh, meetings when we were meeting with John Boehner and other team members, and we were going to publicly lecture them. And essentially, President Obama was going to say, you know, you guys aren't, aren't working with me on anything. You have, you know, you were my friends. And I think the problem is he forgot to bring them over as friends. Right. Well, and that has continued. And then we saw Donald Trump get elected by, by actually leaning into the insecurities of so many of those people I grew up with in Galesburg, Illinois, who have lost those jobs because manufacturing moved overseas. So We've got to solve those problems. Let me just ask you a question that comes up on the Republican side a lot. Will Joe Biden be the nominee? Yes. Okay. And for those people... Unless, who, he's, unless he, you know, died, which okay. is possible. But, but Same for, with for Trump. For those people who are watching right now, there's a lot of folks on the Republican side that believe that there's a secret plan to replace him. <laughs> there's no secret plan. There's not. There's no secret plan. There's no, you know, like, there's no... Everybody wants Joe Biden to be as healthy as Jimmy Carter. Well, Jimmy, I think Jimmy Carter, by the way, is the, like, Energizer bunny. I do not know how that Joe guy... Biden, maybe. <laughs> But, but doesn't, what, what does it say when, and I, I've heard him come up, like up again, and I think that this is interesting because to your point about our bench, I, I'm proud of it. Like I, I might, I think that. I think we have a bench we're not showing up. Okay, who, what bench? Give Gretchen me Whitmer. Okay. Wes Moore. Okay. Um, Gavin, he talks but, but, pretty. But let's, let's talk, <laughs> I mean, Wes Moore, I think with time and yeah. grade, he's the, the Maryland governor, yep. veteran, I think very, very well-spoken, sharp guy. I'm impressed by him. Yeah. Um, but doesn't it say a lot? Like I look right now at the bench and I'm thinking to myself, when you talk about we're all praying for Joe Biden's health, I think there's a, a bipartisan agreement on that because I, the thing that's interesting to me, people I think largely get vice presidents wrong. They don't help them win elections. I mean, there's, no. you go back through history, it's just not, it's not how it works. But they do fill a weak spot, right? So if you think about it, George H.W. Bush picks Quayle to add a youth element yeah. to, to him. Um, you know, uh, Bill Clinton picked Al Gore because he had been in the Senate. He's a legislative experience, vice the gubernatorial experience. Obama picks uh, Biden because he was the he chairman needed. of the Foreign Relations Committee at all these yeah. wars, right? And it's a natural. Well, in Scranton, a, Pennsylvania. We went fine. and rolled him out okay. in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right. But Biden added a sense of, I know the legislative process, and, and Obama used him for that. What, Biden added someone from California who was probably not going to help him win the election. That, that, the it, goal was, I think, to energize no, minority No, the goal, the goal was to check a box. No, I think See, it was Joe to Biden energize to say, minority I, I, I chose the first black woman. I, I think it's, the, this is the problem, right? Is when we say that it has to be a black woman, then we think that she's not qualified. I actually think that Harris was one of the most qualified people for him to really? consider. I do. On that stage, that time, Harris was actually on. What does she add? I mean, honest to God, when like we were I get watching. when when Biden goes into a room, excuse me, with with Obama, I get it. He could say, "Mr. President, the Senate's never going to do this. This is how it is." And by the way, I know the premier of whatever. I can call him. I was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. I know that guy. I know this guy. Yeah. I can be additive to your administration. What does Kamala Harris add to this administration? So I would say one is that she reaches a very different audience that Joe Biden does. <laughs> she ve reaches women. She reaches people who have historically faced oppression in our country, which I think we have to acknowledge. I do think that when she was on stage against Elizabeth Warren and everybody else, I thought she was a fierce opponent. Remember but the no line where it was talking about Iowa. the busing and the history there, and she said, I was that little girl on yeah. the bus? And then attack Biden for, 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 for racism. But let's be clear, you know, she, and that's right, she 
calls him out when he is blind to the problems of a large constituency of Democratic voters, and that is important. Okay, but let's get back to the nut of this. Do you feel, if Joe Biden said for X reason, I'm not gonna go on, does she become the heir apparent for the Democrats? So that's what people are saying but in, in, on public, on forums. But I'll say behind closed doors. Yeah, no, he's behind. Closed doors, no one's going to hear doors. you. Uh, no, I would say uh, there's a big difference because people are saying, well, she wouldn't necessarily get the nomination because it would go to the Democratic uh, National, con you know, go to the convention <laughs> right. to the delegates to, and they would pick a nominee. And so they'd have to actually so look at if who's you were a delegate uh, at the convention and that scenario played itself yeah. out, who would you recommend and who would you support? Well, I, I do want to see a debate amongst those well, you candidates. You wouldn't have that. You wouldn't, I mean, but we you, could. We okay. could, actually. We could organize a debate. But I would say Gretchen Whitmer is a very strong candidate. Governor of Michigan. Governor of Michigan. She's actually brought that state, like, really address some of the issues, like Flint water crisis, right. like um, the problems with manufacturing leaving the state. Uh, she is a good good candidate. Gina Raimondo, who's our Commerce Secretary. Former I governor think, of Rhode Island. Yes, and she kept the schools open during the COVID pandemic, which I admired. So she's interesting to me. Westmore, you're right. He needs a little bit more time. However, you worked for a guy who had very little sure. time, no time in government. Yeah. But he so, ran a company. Yes, but Westmore has also run, I think he was Robin Hood. He's had, an, again, military experience. But, but don't you experience. think that that says something, that the current vice president isn't at the top of that list? I don't think it does. Because really? I, would Mike Pence have been the number one? Yes. You guys have just seen? No. Absolutely. He was literally on no. the stage against all oh, these no, guys, no, no, no. And, and he's thrown right, he's and he's out. Thrown out. Because you can have, why would you take the number two when you can still have the number one? Mike Pence wasn't. It's not that. It's, it is. It was. It, if, if Donald he, Trump he had served a second term. He he doesn't and, have enough to be fifth or sixth no, or seventh. No, no, that, see, I believe fundamentally that if Trump had served a second term and then said Mike Pence is now the heir apparent to this, there's no one would have gone against him. Mm, I don't think so. He's told, I don't no, think no, just so. to be clear, he would have had a race. But I think that the idea that he was he was trying to take on Trump, there's I mean, Mike, from a messaging standpoint, look, what do you say? Like, hey, the guy that I'm taking giving credit to all these policies, you can still choose him or you can take the number Mike two. Pence is a very kind person. Great, we and, don't elect and people. was incredible. In the, our moment of need in January 6th, he did the right thing and he stood with the American people. I don't think he wasn't necessarily going to get reelected in Indiana. Right, right. He wasn't an excellent candidate. So does Kamala have to be the best candidate to be vice president? No, but I just think that it's funny that she checks all the boxes and yet no one, she's not even close to being among the top. But what are the boxes? Electable, leadership. People look. At, People look at your, you know, career. She gets up there and does People a word at, salad every day. I mean, some days more than others. But, <laughs> but what did so Donald Trump to, do? <laughs> but, but he projected strength. I mean, it was a again, word he, salad, bleach. So, and so, <laughs> well, we we overlooked China, it. But what did China. you think of the debate with with DeSantis? Okay. The Newsom debate with DeSantis. So I you know, you, I to, live in the state yeah, of California. Yeah, but I give. I, I will just start it off with this, and I said it on the show the other day. I give DeSantis credit, and and my panel disagreed with me. They said he didn't. It didn't. He didn't. It didn't take much. I think going into the Lions Den on Fox News with Sean Hannity, I give him credit for that. Oh, Newsom. Newsom. Yeah. yeah. But the panel that I was talking to the other day, all folks on the right, said no, that really wasn't that big of a deal. What do you think about how he performed in that debate? I I think we should have more of those kinds of debates. Yeah, but how did Newsom do? 
he missed some opportunities to really talk to the American people about what some of his values were. Right. He was he was not answering the question from get well, Don't you think, I think one, one of the things that he was hamstrung on is he couldn't talk about Gavin Newsom's policies uh, in the California because he, he was de facto constantly having to say the Biden-Harris administration. He was, he was, he was almost he like was a force. He was pushing it to but, Biden a lot. And look, I think he does. And I think that was a mistake because he, he could have said, well, I don't speak for them. But he was definitely auditioning. I think Gavin has wanted to be president since he was married to Kimberly Guilfoyle, who is marrying Donald Trump Jr. Okay. I, I think some of this is incestuous, and if yeah. we called out our own parties, it would be very good. I lived in the state of California during the pandemic, and I was very upset that our public schools were closed and his kids were in private school. That is a uh, something that hurt him. I think small businesses were hurting. The person who was in charge of the Small Business Administration in California, Lenny Mendoza or something his name was, he left and they didn't quickly replace him. There was not enough outreach to the communities in need during the pandemic. I think it was not as han well handled as it could have been. Is and I think he should have owned that. And that is why people left. But he is also right that people are moving back to California because now they get to Florida and at first, DeSantis was just keep the government open, freedom kind of person. And now he's banning books. He's going oh, he's after. Not, I mean, I mean but no, it's so silly. Nobody no, cares. And yes, they do. I think a lot of parents care. Okay, I care. I do. I, I don't but, want my kids seeing the stuff that Ron look, DeSantis pulled out of page. The yes. Nature of who not who carries child in he their in their blazer? Oh come on! And then an pulls out a in, picture it's an of example poop. of what's in California books. <laughs> he's that no, was not. I, I live in California. My son has see never seen okay, any of this stuff. Okay, good for you. Good. I'm glad he hasn't. Like, he shouldn't. No. He shouldn't. But no, but look, the public schools actually, private schools, I can't speak to. I think private schools yeah. have gone so woke. That's where woke, Gavin's kids go. They, they've gone so woke in some cases that, you know, God only knows. But in public schools, we have parents' rights. He was right on that stage. And in some Can of our the nominee? Do you think we are can? very much, he talks pretty. I think he talks. I feel like he's like a taller Bill Clinton. He, he also better has hair. a better resting face than DeSantis yeah. did. Poor DeSantis. It was like. <laughs> I, I, I felt like, he, I, I, again, obviously it doesn't make sense for me. One last question for you, because I think when it comes to. We're having so much fun. I know, though. but unfortunately the sponsors <laughs> only pay for so much. Um, there is a lot of people on the right going back to my secret plans and stuff that you pull out of your jacket, that Michelle Obama <laughs> is going to... I don't have any, there. I have nothing That's in my pocket. Weird. This is a rental. Um, so, uh, I'm kidding. But but the, the, there is a secret plan that Michelle Obama ends up the nominee. It, okay, she doesn't want to... That's see, thank you. She does not want to... We agree. That I am like, I am so tired of folks on the right claiming because of the rules, the process, and then to your point, this woman, from everything that I've seen from the outside, has no desire. No to, interest. Right. I rode in minivans with her in the state of Iowa, all over the state. I've, I've worked with Michelle right. Obama for years. There is no part of her that wants to be president. Thank you. See, this is, I just, I don't get why people on the right think that because she, of her, the things that she has said, I think, frankly, if I were that, they've got the greatest life afterwards. They sit around and collect big checks from I mean, Netflix. Literally. Go to Nantucket in Hawaii. I mean, who does? Who why? Would why would you want to be president again? Which leads me back to Donald Trump. Why is he doing this? Because he believes in it. I don't. Well, yeah, okay. I think he believes in himself, and he doesn't want to be the loser. And the problem oh. is, he he's not Look. showing up tonight. And so, to oh. me, that makes him the loser. I think no, that the I, well, candidates. We, hey, I thought we were going to end on a, a bipartisan note about a so Michelle good. Obama. <laughs>
All right, Johanna, this has been if fun. If Michelle Obama was running, I would make sure she showed up to a debate. Well, see, now you're going backwards. I, just so we're clear, she's not running. She won't be the nominee. Yes, Hey, Michelle thanks for Obama. being here and uh, doing our college game day. Hey, this, this is, is fun. Yeah, I know. You should see how much this is costing. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys uh, for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, please continue to subscribe. Apple, Spotify, go to YouTube and Rumble. Hit that subscription button. Remember, you can always text me, 571-441-4991. We'll be back here tomorrow. Looking forward to a great debate day show. Thanks for joining us.